Good morning, good morning, St. Paul, Twin Cities, surrounding areas. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Unbougie Foodie this morning. I am your host, Wesley Wright. I hope you're having an opportunity to sit back and have that warm cup of coffee uh, or breakfast in general. <laughs> but again, I want to thank you for joining me. It's a brisk Saturday. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we'll be able to warm you up here uh, you know, on the show <laughs> talking about food. First and foremost, I want to uh, provide you with the telephone number if you'd like to call in and join the conversation. Uh, it is 651-200-3479. Again, 651-200-3479. Uh, once again, you can catch me here every Saturday at 10 a.m., Right here on WEQY 104.7, the voice of the East Side. You know, I have a exciting guest uh, in the studio with me. Uh, her name is Mecca Boss. Uh, Mecca, if you'd like to say hello. Hey, Wesley. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm glad uh, to have you. Oh, my goodness. Um, I am really excited for our conversation because I think what we've already talked about just in passing as we were just sitting here preparing um interesting points but specifically and i'm jumping right in folks can you <laughs> tell um specifically um there was an article that you wrote and it talked and it was entitled why so white and we'll get more into that but i'd like to let everyone um you know i'd like for you if you would to tell everyone who you are what you do the all your different because she's she does so much oh my goodness i know i just mentioned a few things i mean she's a food blogger uh from what i understand she's an expert on the twin cities so if you if you need to know where something is or what to do you could definitely um you know read one of her articles or maybe contact her <laughs> and yeah. she'll tell you a lot of stuff so please well, thank if you would you. thank you for that nice introduction <laughs> that makes me feel so good yeah um yeah i'm a longtime food writer in the twin cities um i just came off of about three years as the dining critic and food blogger for city pages awesome. uh prior to that i was the dining uh critic and food editor for metro magazine which is no longer with us sadly but um, Metro was a beautiful uh, monthly glossy magazine that was around for about six years. <clears throat> Some of the best years of my life were sent with, spent with Metro. Oh. Um, I'm also a professional cook, and I've been up to that for about 15 years. And now um, I'm a freelance food writer, so I'm writing for some national publications like uh, Vice and Taste and uh, uh, f uh, Travel and Leisure and various other publications and also locally you can find me locally at the growler and go mn and various places just google me <laughs> and uh yeah so i try to keep um both feet in the food world and nice. at, at, at all times if i can awesome thank you so much for that so there's a everyone there's a lot of places that you could find out um and articles and even podcasts and so forth. Podcasts, you're working on a podcast, yep. <laughs> working. It's hard work, despite what you might think. <laughs> but thank you so much for that introduction. Um, I would like to find out a little bit 
uh, what is like your favorite cuisine or the things mm. that you like? <laughs> I know that seems like a very open-ended <laughs> yeah. uh, question to ask, but is there is there a favorite yeah. um, cuisine that you like to prepare? Or that's interesting. That's I always say that's the probably the number one question that people ask uh, a food writer is what's your favorite um, place to eat and what's your favorite. And of course, of course, there's no answer. Um, the answer is there's no answer. You cannot choose a favorite. Who can choose a favorite? Um, but you know, I think you have you have favorites in different realms, and um, and I think my favorite always sort of like um, leans towards comfort. Nice. And so, um, you know, of course, when I was um, with City Pages, I was eating out several times a week for work, in which I'm not expecting anyone to cry me a river for that, but it does sort of start to become like work. You know, kind of that. Oh my gosh, we have to go out and and. Uh, my significant other would say, oh, my gosh, do we have to, you know? <laughs> and so that's one thing that's nice about being a freelancer. Now I'm not dining out as much, and so I get to cook more, which I love. Awesome. Um, but uh, as far as favorites are concerned, you know, people, anyone who reads me will know that I'm always going to call out Digidio's Family Restaurant on East 7th Street, West 7th Street, forgive me, um, because of the comfort. Nice. Uh, you know, when I think of comfort, I always go towards um, – generous piles of pasta <laughs> and uh they certainly have those at digidio's and it's just a really comfortable friendly family-owned place and it's always going to be consistent the the service is always going to be glad you're there and so when i dine out um for pleasure i usually you know i turn to my significant other and say digidio's and he knows <laughs> just what i want and then at digidio's they always know they know me that I'm going to come in, I'm going to look at the menu, I'm going to spend some time looking at it, and I'm going to order a large spaghetti with meatballs. <laughs> and they've actually told me that. So, you know, I like to have my options, but I'm always going to have a large spaghetti with meatballs. There and so, um, so yeah, as far as favorites are concerned. And then also um, all of the wonderful Thai restaurants that we have oh, man. on University Avenue. Who can choose? Uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, there are just so many, but it's it's wonderful to have that those options We're and everything. So lucky. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there, I'm really putting you on the spot. <laughs> Do it. Sorry. You got to uh, challenge me. <laughs> is there a new restaurant that let's just say that is open within the past couple of months that you really if someone says, hey, what's a new place I should go to? What's one that you could actually recommend? Well, you know, I got to tell you, I almost hate doing it because I feel like um, I'm just joining the choir. But when it's true, it's true. Mm. And I'm going to go ahead and call out Grand Cafe, okay. the new iteration of Grand Cafe. Um, <clears throat> I got to it sort of late. Um, you know, everybody was, was talking about how wonderful it was. And... Um, I thought, well, you know, I'll get there when I get there. And so it was a good friend's birthday. And my good friend, Brett Bannon, is a, um, a wonderful French chef in his own right. And it was his birthday. And I, I said, you know, we should, well, actually, he said we should go for my birthday. And so um, we all went and it, it lives up to the hype. I got to tell you, it's just, um, you know, Jamie Malone is the chef there. And she's just taken that beautiful space and made it something really intimate and special that you don't always get in a restaurant experience and i think that's uh the key to success there that just every every little detail is so um well thought out and lovely and she's serving things on all of this mix and match some of it antique 
uh, glassware and and flatware and things that you just it almost feels like s- someone's home who has really really good taste so does that so you feel that adds to the charm because of it it is it's it's just it's very very special and um, you know she talks about how you know in the first week or so how anything that could break would break because <laughs> oftentimes when you're when you're dining in restaurants you know you get that heavy industrial um, plates and glasses and such because they won't break exactly but she's taking chances and I also love this restaurant because the kind of food that she's cooking there is not something that you're just going to whip up in the kitchen unless you're a very, very dedicated right. chef. And so, um, you know, these just these really delicate pâtés and desserts and things that are things that are um, very, very special. And the service makes you feel very, very special. And again, restaurant, I think restaurant culture can get, after a while, after you've been to many, many of them, it can start to feel sort of routine and rote. Okay. Um, and... And certainly, um, oftentimes you can start to feel like a customer rather than a guest. Mm. And I think those places that go out of their way to make you feel like you're a guest or you're really your true Important. hospitality. Um, and so you're going to get that at Grand Cafe. And I think there's a reason why they're over and over being called the best restaurant in the Twin Cities right now. Wow. So I, I would really highly recommend it. It's just lovely. I haven't been there, so I'll, that will be a rec- recommendation. I definitely follow Check up it on out, and Wesley. I definitely will. Uh, when it comes down to just food writing, food articles, um, going out and visiting these restaurants, uh, what is your approach when you are when you do have to write an article or when you would like to write an article about some place or um, maybe about a specific topic? Um, can you, do you is this, does that make sense yeah uh, yeah i think so um well i would just say that that i've always um tried to enjoy food the way that any anyone would so i i go and i i enjoy my experience nice. i i bring a friend i try to enjoy my company because really i think that dining should be about um the experience of enjoying enjoying other people. Right. Um, I do not take notes. Um, that's I don't. Awesome. Okay. See, <laughs> I don't I, think. Yeah, I don't think I'm that's a, a good way to enjoy your no, food. Exactly. Um, the and I'm going to say something here, and I, I hope it's not too risque, but um, um, the the great food writer Jonathan Gold. Have you have you seen the documentary about Jonathan Gold? Uh, no. Um, it's I, the the title of it is escaping me, but it's really good. Okay. And um, you should check it out. But he says, you know, you you could take notes while if you're having sex too, but you'll probably miss out on some good parts. <laughs> and so, okay. <laughs> so there I want go. to I it. want to get all the good parts of dining. <laughs> exactly. And so I think what I do is I try to to go and enjoy myself. Yes. And then in the morning. Think about the the good parts and the bad parts. Right. What what things what things come to mind? What are the things that that I remember? If I don't remember it, it must not have been that important. Right. And then that's how I write it. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm doing my research, as as any I think good interviewer or person, <laughs> a host, and asking a question of a guest. Um, you make mention that you are not a food critic, and uh, uh, well. <laughs> you commented and said that that, um, that you're not a food critic. Or, well, okay, I, would well say, I would tell you that I don't I was think of, of myself else. as such. Okay, that's that's probably um, the, the although phrase. I have had that title. Okay, and I and and I won't I won't say that I'll never have that title again. Understood. But I will say that the way I like to approach food is not from a point of criticism. Okay. So I hate to I hate to you know come to the table and think well I'm going to deem this good or bad. Right. 
you know, um, because like like I said, I think even anything that even something that even an experience that's quite bad or subjectively bad can still be really interesting to someone else. I yes. Mean, it, or to me. Right. You know, exactly. I could I could I could approach something and think, well, I didn't like that. But that doesn't mean that it isn't interesting. Exactly. So I, I'm really interested in the stories behind food. And as we were discussing earlier, the people behind food, yes. that's that's what I think is really interesting. And just and, and certainly many, many people in the world, perhaps most are only interested in, hey, where can I go eat? And is it good? Right. <laughs> and that's cool. And, 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 and so food criticism still has its place, I believe. But um, for me, the things I'm really interested in are the stories, the people, the history. Um, I feel like you can do anything through food. You can right. do sociology. You know, of course, you can do travel. Mm. You know, you can. You can you know, the, the window of food is, is very, very wide and you can approach almost anything through food. That's cool. Um, and I, I will correct myself because y I was confused with someone else. You were having a conversation with uh, a food influencer, um, okay. Kimley Curry. I love Kimley. She's yeah. so lovely. She's a good friend of mine. I, she is. She's a wonderful person. She's she's very um, engaging when it comes to people that are, you know, saying something about a picture or a photo that she's taken on Instagram. So I appreciate that. Um, I, I want to be like her <laughs> or someone <laughs> someone close well, to that. And she's also one of the nicest people I've yeah, ever met. Exactly. So I want to be like her too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she made that point that while you were uh, interviewing her, that she's not a food critic. Um, she feels that she's not a food critic at all. She enjoys what she does. She goes out. Um, she really likes food. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, uh, having this show, a number of my friends or they'll talk to other of their friends oh yeah my, there's a friend that we know he has a radio show and he's a food critic and i'm like <laughs> you know yeah i think that that phrase food critic has has um infiltrated culture to yeah. such a degree that when people think of anyone who engages with food in the media right. is a food critic exactly and i've been called that before i ever was one and i used to always try to correct people and right. it's like well, what then do you do if you're not a food critic <laughs> right i just eat food <laughs> i take pictures uh, you know hey I, I tell stories about it that's about it um, when, uh, when you've had, um, you know, your, your story out and people are coming back and asking you questions, uh, on, you know, a particular article or whatnot. Uh, oh my, we have a, we have a caller. Oh, hold, hold on, <laughs> caller. Give me just a second. <laughs> Caller? Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't drop this. I, I pressed call. <laughs> Caller, I'm sorry about that. Call back. Call back. Please call back because <laughs> I, I did press the... <laughs> That's probably you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Carla. Uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and calling into the Unbuji Foodie. I'm here with my guest, uh, Mecca Ambas. Um, tell us, tell us your name and where you're calling from. Uh, my name is Beverly. I'm calling from California. <laughs> Hi, sister. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, Unbuji Foodie. How are you? I'm good. Do you have a question or a comment? <laughs> Yes, I do. I have a question. Um, I'm a 
do. I'm sorry for interrupting this interview. I just had a question before you got too deep. I knew the show's only an hour. But, you know, I like what you had to say about food and stories and the stories you want people. Could you share with us one of the stories that you've learned about people behind a certain, maybe trying certain kind of food or having a, um, a food experience? Uh, that's to Mecca, correct? Yes. Okay, please. Wesley, could you repeat the question? I was having a little trouble hearing it. Oh, um, she was asking if, um, you know, in reference to story, you mentioned about stories. Um, is there a particular story that you could probably mm. relay in reference to maybe a food experience yeah. that you've had? Well, and of course, that does put me on the spot just a little bit. Uh -oh. I will say, I will say this. I'll tell you more in general that I, that I think everybody has, has a story that's worth telling about food. And um, I think that's what we try to approach on my podcast, Snacks Everywhere. Um, we try, we call it food for the 99%. And by that, we mean we try not to talk over anyone when it comes to food stories because, um, as we were discussing earlier, uh, food can food culture can get real um, nerdy and esoteric mm. really quickly, and you can sort of um, leave leave people out. and And I really, really hate that. Um, I think a lot of people um, in in and I'm not I'm not calling you out here, Wesley, but I heard mm -hmm. you kind of say that, you know, as we started. Well, I'm I'm just a guy who likes food. Well, that's just as important as anything else, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't think that um, food culture should be self-important. I think mm. it should be inclusive um, and inviting and, and that because the more people you bring to the table the more interesting the stories are going to be, the more delicious the food, and the more enriching the experience. And so I want to hear all the stories, you know. I want to hear... Um you know, I want to hear, I want to talk to the guy down at the corner store who is making a gyro, you know, as much as I want to talk to the fancy French chef, perhaps more so, mm -hmm. because I feel like the guy who's making the gyro for the everyday folks who are working hard and who are hungry probably touches more lives, really, right. when it comes down to it. Exactly. So those those sorts of stories really engage me, and um, I think that's why I love Digidio's Family Restaurant. Okay. You know, anybody can go there and, and afford it. Um, and and, and I, t I think, again, once again, the, the number of lives you're touching, um, I think that's really interesting to me. So um, give me a chance to think about, like, a great story, and maybe <laughs> later on the hour I'll try to tell you a great story. But, uh, yeah, I think everybody's got their stories. Well, yeah. I definitely uh, – I hope you're still there, caller, <laughs> <laughs> sister. Hopefully she Thank will. you. <laughs> Thanks Thank so you. much for your phone call. I appreciate it. You know how much I love you. <laughs> Aw. No problem. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for your phone call. That's my sissy. <laughs> <laughs> I have three sisters, so she. Oh, that's so nice. Calls in every now and then, which was surprising. That was not planned. Well, you know, <laughs> something comes to mind just as we're sitting here. Um, I, I talked about the Euro, and I would say a place um, that that I really enjoy, and I think uh, everybody should try at least once is is Best Steakhouse on okay. University Avenue. Okay. Have you been there? I have not. Okay, so I heard I need to go there. The, so their story is a lovely one. And and you might so you might approach Best Steakhouse and just think, "Oh, it's a, you know, it's an affordable place that right. a person can get a steak." But Think about that for a second. Think about how interesting that is right, right. away. Cuz some people think, "Oh, steak dinner has Too to be expensive." Much. Exactly. Their whole thing is 
No, everybody should be allowed to eat steak. You know, I think the most expensive thing on their menu might be 12 bucks. Wow. You know, so you grab your tray, you get your steak, you get a salad, you get a beverage, you get a potato, and it's somewhere in that, you know, 12 to $15 range. Right. And as such, everybody goes to this place because who doesn't want a steak dinner? And so I think they told me that on an average busy Saturday, they might feed up to 1,000 people. Wow. Just think about that. But their story is um, they're, they're Greek, their Greek family. Their father opened this place when he was a young man. Um, he handed it down to his two sons who now run it. And um, the mother is, I think she's approaching 90. She okay. still works there every day. Oh, wow. And these guys absolutely love what they do. And you can feel it when they're in there. They both said, one of them said, I want a hearse to carry me out of this place. <laughs> Just think of the passion behind that. Right. And you can really feel it in there. It's such a family atmosphere when you come in. Everybody gets a robust hello. Everybody gets, some people get a hug. You know, it's a first name basis. It's just, it's a community hub. And I just love, what I love about their story is the passion. They, these two sons never dreamed of doing anything else, mm. but oh, but taking over this business. You know, I want to learn how to make these steaks right. because they, they, they were taught that by their father. Um, so you got to go over there and meet the family and become one of the family. It's just, uh, I just love this place and I love those people. Oh. And again, it's the people. It it really is. Uh, you know, I find that. I hope this doesn't come across wrong. I mean. I, I will go to some place and so, other friends will be like, eh, yeah, it's like, but I'll go there because they're so engaging. I really enjoy the food. The experience that I have there is one that I'm going to tell other people about and be like, you should go there. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you have to make that decision yourself if you really want to go. But I know that for me, I've really enjoyed it, my my time there or the food or just the people there. They will come out from behind the counter or wherever they are and talk to you and engage with you and tell you a little bit about the, the food and, and seasonings and so forth. And I lo love seeing the owners or restauranteurs really get excited to tell people about what they make or the things that they prepare, um, the different type of ingredients and so forth. And I, I know that I've gone to places where you know my friends are with me and I'm sitting there, hopefully not looking all starry eyed, <laughs> but you know, I could l glance over at them and they're eating their food like, Wesley, stop it, you know, let them. <laughs> but if they're telling me this, I'm not really asking any questions. I'm just, you know, listening. Oh my! Phones are ringing yeah, off the hook this morning. Hook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me one second, caller. Hi, caller. Thanks so much for tuning in and calling into uh, the Unbuji Foodie. Uh, I'm your host, Wesley, along with Mecca. Oh Hello. man, did I miss? I couldn't have missed it. I couldn't have. Hey, everybody knows who you are, man. Oh, see, okay. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Your guest is super on point because while y'all was talking about uh, uh, places having a story and that being just as interesting as the food, the first place I thought of was the best steakhouse. Yay! Let me tell you something. I grew up in the, in this neighborhood um, that's, that's speaking of, the Victoria, kind of like Frogtown, heading into Midway, kind of a deal. And this family has been feeding the neighborhood for years since we were since we were kids running around it's always been and, and more than likely always will be um until armageddon um, <laughs> you're funny, all, man. no seriously 
it's like the food is affordable. It's good. The steak burgers, huh? And you know, they close. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I understand they close for a month in the summer so they can go to Greece and, and see their family and enjoy themselves yeah. a bit. And I know yeah. that when they when they come back to town, people just people just line up to get in there because the neighborhood really misses them. Aww. Yeah, what, what y'all been at for a month? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's from August until September or something, yeah. like, or something like that, man. But it's crazy. So I just wanted to give you some love. Oh, thank you. For even, even knowing that and Western Force for a wonderful show, man. Keep doing your thing. I'm Bougie Booty. What up? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Glow. <laughs> That's fantastic. See what I mean? Uh, yeah. And 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 think of how many lives they touch like that, you yeah. know. And 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 that's what I um that's what gets me excited, you know. People who who welcome everyone and um you know and who are able to provide something because it goes beyond just the food, of course. It's sustenance. It's a place to you know maybe if you're not feeling good or you're feeling sort of lonely or sad or right. and you need that. I do that often if I'm in a if I'm in kind of a bad place or I'm mm-hmm. feeling kind of lonely or if I'm feeling out of sorts. I oftentimes go to a restaurant to hang out because even even though I'm not, you know, with friends or with family, I'm with people sort right. of. And you can feel sort of taken care of if you're a person who's providing the hospitality. You know, they're sort of happy to see you. And um, I think that's really, really important. Mm. You know? I, and, you know, I do you find yourself uh, worried about going out al- eating alone? Or? No. Okay, <laughs> okay, I good. certainly do not. Okay, um, I, um, you know, again, like, like I said, I mean, it's of course, you know, the ideal situation is to have um, people with you, but you know, that's not always possible. And I don't think you should force yourself to stay in. I think, you know, go out and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of sitting at the bar, you know, cause you can, you know, your, your, your bartender is right there and you can kind of have a chat and right. many, many places serve the full menu on the bar. Or even if they don't, they'll serve, you know, an abbreviated um, menu, which is often really great and more affordable. True. And, uh, you know, have a glass of wine or two and have um, and have some snacks and just, you know, bring a book or don't or people watch. I, it's one of my very favorite things to it do. Is, in fact, it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. How about you? Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I will I won't go anywhere uh, by myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, true enough, I do. I would like to have at least one friend with me so I could talk. And maybe that mm-hmm. might be a little bit overkill because they're like, okay, stop talking about the food <laughs> and eat it. Or, you know, yeah. But I, I want, I feel like I want to have some type of engagement. I mean, I, I have done it and sat quietly and just I, I, embarrassingly, <laughs> and I've written about this on the article. I was somewhere, uh, I was at um, Chimborazo. Yeah. Uh, in that place. Uh, Northeast. And there was a couple sitting next to me and I guess I was making too many uh, enjoyable noises in reference to my food. (laughs) No such thing. And they were looking over like. uh, Well, then they should stay home. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't don't think that they were looking at me like, ew. They were just like, (laughs) wow. You know, but they alone between the two of them they had three bowls of ceviche oh, and every, so i was like okay well, <laughs> well maybe you all should have joined forces I know, something <laughs> i don't know but uh, yeah so i guess i don't have i really don't have a problem eating out or no. eating alone and everything so i find it enjoyable either 
in either instance. Well, anyone who knows me too will know that you keep your eyes peeled for me because bars and restaurants are often my office. <laughs> As a freelance writer, getting working from home gets very old. And so I'll grab my laptop and perch myself at any bar and restaurant and sit and eat and drink and do my work from there. So That's so um, cool. I enjoy that a lot. That's so cool. Um, when you... I, I'm going to say that I'm going to thank you for... I know you weren't correcting me or whatever, no. but I, I I want to take on a more rather than just saying, yeah, I'm just a guy that loves food. I I do. I guess I just want to find a, a better way to actually explain that. Or, You're not just a guy who loves food. You're uh, a guy who loves food. And that is you. important. Understood. So from <laughs> now on, people, hopefully you hear me say I'm just a guy that loves food it's like no no we don't believe that <laughs> correct me and be like uh, remember what uh, Mecca said um, your guy who your loves guy food loves food <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna among many of the things that we've talked about today that's one of the things I'm gonna take away um, but I really want us to go into um, the article that um, you know at the outset uh, of you know, the show, um, he wrote this article for Growler magazine. And again, it's entitled why so white, um, speaking to the subject of, um, black leadership, uh, in the twin cities and restaurants or in the food uh, and uh, beverage industry. This is a loaded question. Mm-hmm. One word, two word. Why? <laughs> if I could tell you in one or two words, no, no, I no, 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 no. I'm saying the question that I <laughs> okay, posed was just yeah, why, why? <laughs> you know, yeah. because it's it's like if I try to drag on, it's like why I know that's like really it, there. I could give you a thousand reasons why, you know, yeah. but you know, your article. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about it? And sure. Well, you know, the article was a beast to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it grew and grew because. Each person I talked to was very interesting and had all sorts of different um, things to tell me. Right. And of course, you know, it's not a simple answer. Right. Uh, there's there's many, many reasons for why. Um, you know, we, I suppose we could start from the fact that um, Minnesota is a very racially divided state. Yes. Um, I think, you know, the, the statistics show that um, Minnesota is the second worst state in the country um, for... Uh, for black people to earn money. Mm. So uh, uh, an African-American household earns about half the income that a, that a white household does. So if you just, even, even just starting with that, you know, you could, you could have a thousand conversations from there. Um, But um, there's many reasons. And so certainly, you know, our culinary industry reflects that division. Um, And, you know, I've been in the culinary industry in one form or another for getting on about 20 years now and you know if I really start to think about it um, I'm often the only brown face in the room Mm. whether that be a professional kitchen whether that be a dining room or whether that be a newsroom Mm. Um, and you know I I don't even think it was something I really thought a whole lot about at first Um, but now we're starting to think more more about that Um, and you know Speaking with Lachelle Cunningham, who's mm-hmm. the chef at 
at uh, Breaking Bread, wonderful place if you haven't been mm-hmm. for soul food and global comfort food. And it's, uh, I don't know, my favorite place to go for fried chicken and collards. Yeah, okay. So head over there. Um, but, you know, she, she made a really great point when, we, when she and I were having a conversation about this subject. And she said, you know, if you look at other uh, communities of color in the Twin Cities, um, those communities have restaurants aplenty, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're talking about um, Southeast Asian people, even even African people. True. Um, so so for some reason or another, um, African-American people are not entering um, the culinary sphere and the numbers, um, you know, that white folks are here. And so, um, you know, it goes into um, a paucity of, of black wealth. So, um, of course, if you're going to approach um if you're going to approach entrepreneurship or even if you're going to approach dining, right. you have to have a certain amount of money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or have to have access to a certain amount of money. Yes. Dining out is very expensive. And um, you're telling me. Yeah. Very <laughs> expensive. And so, um, of course, every interest, you know, or every spark of interest starts with exposure. Yes. So if you don't have a certain amount of money to dine somewhere. So and, you know, so then also with with the breweries, I said, I think I said in my article, um, Restaurants are teeming with African American people by comparison to breweries. In my research, I was I was able to find three people mm-hmm. in the brewery in the brewery industry. We have dozens and dozens Ugh. of breweries here popping up everywhere too. Everywhere, three people um, of African American uh, background who work in breweries here in the Twin Cities, and only one in a leadership role. Mm. And one of the women I spoke to said, "You know, I did. I just didn't know. I didn't. You know, I it, it took someone to expose her." to good beer right. to then say oh this is really interesting to me and then she ran with that so i mean it, it's it's not an it's not an easy answer right. um and you know uh, i guess you got to read the article but I, I you know there are no easy answers and there are no easy fixes so right. far as i can tell right one of the individuals that um you know you that was i believe that you wrote about in the article was um jared class yeah um he is you know, gerard have, gerard yep. um, no worries. See, yeah. <laughs> with names. Um, and he has a wonderful, uh, he did something very, I, I, I won't say, I guess I, from my, from my standpoint, I consider it innovative because I've coming again, coming from Los Angeles um, and listeners know that I, I'm from Los Angeles. We didn't have um, things such as pop-ups, um, you know, at, other restaurants or different places around the cities and so forth. So to come here and then to uh, experience pop-ups, specifically Mm -hmm. his, it's called Soul Bowl. um, I thought that that was really an innovative idea, you know, for an African-American or a person of color to say, okay, well, I don't have a restaurant, but I'm going to make this food available to anyone that... Mm -hmm is interested and bring back uh, that culture because i know he talked about kind of like um where is the soul food in today's society Mm -hmm. you know in our neighborhoods when people think of soul food um they think of sunday dinners or people gathering together at someone's house um you know larger groups of people and enjoying a really great meal um talking with relatives or whatnot how what is your feeling on that? I mean, do we feel that we have to come up with these special ideas and overly innovative ideas um, so that we can get 
a person of color out there and then that is the only way that someone's going to actually recognize them mm. as being in a leadership role? Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting question and I think it also lends itself to one of the conversations we were having earlier about you know, our restaurants as we know them, is the modern day restaurant becoming sort of irrelevant? Mm-hmm. You know, is because I think people think, okay, if I want to get um, a certain kind of food, I, I, I have to go to the restaurant mm-hmm. in order to get it. That's, you know, that's the first thing you think about, you know, and then what's the next thing you think about? You know, am I going to, am I going to like the food? Am I going to like the atmosphere? Am I going to like the service? Um, you know, what, what am I willing to do to get at this food? Right. You know, you want to enjoy the the full experience. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many people I talk to about breaking bread, and I think their food is phenomenal. Um, I don't know what percentage of those people are going to be willing to go down West Broadway in order to get it. Right. Uh, you know, and that's and that's their business, and that's up to them, and I certainly am not going to tell them that they have to. Um, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. I know um, there's there's um, revivals are wildly popular. There's two of them, Southern Cuisine. Um, Thomas Bamer is an excellent chef, and their mm. food is very very good. But like as 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 Lachelle said, you know, in my article, I don't. She's her quote was, "I don't want to start any wars, but where our food is being cooked, it's not by us." Um, so and and that's been that's that's also a real issue in I was listening to your episode about about the cultural appropriation of food where and I've been guilty of this myself in my career where if um a white chef who's been trained in French fundamentals approaches another cuisine now we're getting away from this thank goodness but mm. it, for many years it was it's elevated Vietnamese food it's elevated soul food right. it's elevated whatever you know insert the, the culture right. why is why is that, that uh, why, yeah <laughs> why do you have to use the root? it was never something that was I don't want to what do I say well, well it, I mean it never it was never something that needed to be elevated exactly you know so so and I think what you know and and the hard truth of this is is when um when a white chef with a white staff brings that food to a trendy neighborhood mm-hmm. in a white neighborhood, um, the dominant culture is more comfortable going to get it. Yes. Now, not in every case, but that's what that's how things become, quote, trendy. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, as far as Gerard is concerned, I think that he's brilliant. What he's doing is brilliant. Right. And, um, you know, he's it's he's doing it his way. He 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 works. Uh, he works a day job as a or probably a nighttime job or <laughs> um, as a regional chef for Crave. And yeah. he you know, he makes money doing that to take care of his family. And then he's he's approaching his dream in, in small increments doing these pop ups. And um, I think it's very very wise of him than to jump two feet into a restaurant and test it out and see what people like and what they don't like and as you said um you know he's it's, he's sort of bringing the food to the people and mm-hmm. i and i don't think there's anything wrong with that either no. i think it's really smart so i mean um so good on him <laughs> no yeah definitely uh i i guess i have not been um totally over well, to a number of different restaurants to to know, okay, well, this is someplace that I'd like to go, or this is, here's a restaurant that I know that there, it, it's not a person of color that is it, as an executive chef or something. I'm really going to put you on the mm-hmm. spot. Okay. Because I know that I had trouble when asked mm. about the question. You know what are the ten or who are the ten top mm. um, chef black chefs in the Twin Cities. 
you know, are there some that you could probably name? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, okay, so I don't I don't know that there are necessarily 10. Okay. Um, I can tell you um, Justin Sutherland yep. down at Handsome Hog yes. is doing some great things. Love Justin. Um, t- have you been to Brunson's Pub down here? I have. Torrance Beavers. Oh, Brunson's is so great. It's so bomb. Yeah, it is go so to, bomb. Go to Brunson's Pub. Mm. So Brunson's falls into that category that I love where the – the environment is casual. The staff is welcoming. Yes. The ownership is super dedicated to what they're doing. Um, you know, Torrance is doing, um, you know, sort of, I don't want to use the word elevated since <laughs> we just talked about, but I'm going to do it anyway. Elevated bar food. Mm, okay. um, so it's, 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 you know, uh, I think his, um, pulled pork is pulled bacon i believe is oh, his, wow, okay. his specialty over there but you know just just really good approachable stuff but but a little a little better than you might expect you mm-hmm. know and um oh who else can i call of course of course lachelle yes. gerard who doesn't have a restaurant but but that's fine i he consider him a to. chef yeah I'm oh like, oh my god yeah. yeah um um me i'm not a chef and i don't have a restaurant but i've i've worked in in professional kitchens for a long time um, and I think, you know, and again, you know, I think I want to be careful here that um, owning a restaurant and even necessarily being being a chef mm. is not the be all end all because there's huge sacrifices in those jobs. Of and course. and, you know, one of the questions that someone asked me and it's 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 a really good question and it's a challenging question is should we even necessarily be encouraging people to take these positions mm. because um, I think of myself, you know, um, I'm a bona fide adult mm. and I've been dedicating myself to this, this industry for, for most of my adult life. And um, I've sacrificed a lot to be in it. Right. You know, um, I've sacrificed um, financial security and lots of things. And I, I don't know that I would change it, but I also don't know that I would necessarily recommend it. Understood. So, you know, that's something that every person has to decide for themselves. Mm. Yeah. Leadership, when it comes down to the leadership, um, do you, does it really just have to be being the executive chef? Right. I mean, what other types of roles do you think that there could be? I mean, there's yeah, so like, many. I know for but sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like for instance, I'm thinking about the young woman, and forgive me, um, her name is escaping me right now, but she um, she works for, I believe she works for Indeed, if I'm not mistaken, and so she's um, the director of marketing there. Okay. And so you know, and and she's she really enjoys that. So. Mm-hmm. You know, to be, um, you know, you could you could be in the role of um, I'm thinking of the the breweries now, but yeah, you could be in like a mark in the marketing department or the shipping department or something like that. But um, I think the key thing to think about here is um, if 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 African American people want to be in those positions, um, and then there are more barriers i think that's the stuff we really need to be thinking about and worried about you know and if there are more barriers then why is that and then how do we open the barriers right so so um i don't think that you know it makes me sad that i can look around in most dining rooms in the twin cities and be the only brown face i don't think i don't think that should be the look and that's the you know that's the conclusion of my story is this a good look and i don't think it's a good look I don't think we should be living in a racially d- divided and, and, and yeah, that, that the industry that I love seems to be so exclusive. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Right. I think that's what we need to be worried about. And have more conversations on and Indeed, see yeah. ways of what can we do to, to change that. 
gosh, this, <laughs> I, I'm, I have to apologize. I mean, we've been in conversation and I definitely appreciate listeners that have called in. Uh, thank you so much. Please, if you do have any uh, other questions or, or comments, please feel free to give us a call here at, at the radio station. Um, myself, uh, the Umbuji Foodie, and uh, Mecca Boss, uh, 651-200-3479. Uh, once again, 651-200-3479. Um, getting near to the, uh, you know, near the end of the, the show. I know. Yeah, that went by so fast. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but any um, anything upcoming, you f- uh, exciting for you? Well, let me first ask: <laughs> Do you have you gone to um, the you know, food and wine Minnesota food and wine experience? Not for a long time. Okay, yeah, not All for right. many years. Um, any uh, event or that you are currently going that you could talk about. Mm. I'm not saying to them <laughs> divulge anything, but I'm just saying, you know, um, something that you feel that um, maybe listeners might be interested in that is free for not, not free. I'm not saying free. <laughs> they can go there either complimentary or mm. otherwise, <laughs> you know, that you could suggest or maybe recommend. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say this because it's the thing that pops into my mind right now. Um, and it's not an event, but it's going to be an event for me. Yay. When I get out of here, I'm going to go down to Manana Restaurant. See? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. And I'm going to get some pupusas. And I'm going to bring them home to my boyfriend for the debacle of a pasta I made last night. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, honey. Um, and in and, and, um, and, and forgiveness of that. But I, what I want to say is check out your neighborhood restaurants. Awesome. Go to the go to the place that, and I don't even like the term, but I'm going to call it that because it'll resonate. Go to the hole in the wall. Yep. Go to the corner spot. Go to the place that, yes. that, that you, that doesn't get all the press. Right. You could be amazed. It's so much so. And, you know, man, <laughs> I, I'm so excited that you said that because, you know, when I talk about stuff like that, uh, you know, or or uh, places, restaurants, um, such as the, neighborhood restaurants <laughs> um a lot of friends they don't know or they're like where is that oh over oh, or it over may there. seem scary you know you go i think people get intimidated the intimidation factor again yes but you might be so welcomed and you might be so surprised and it might become your favorite place so right. check those places out and oftentimes they're really inexpensive so exactly. hey if you don't like it you're only out a few bucks and you never have to go back right exactly oh my goodness <laughs> so See? that's that's the event that i want to invite Aww. everyone to yeah go yeah. out and have Support some food your neighborhood exactly spot. true for real <laughs> oh my goodness what personally do you have um, maybe upcoming that you'd like to share or mm. maybe, you know, well, check out, um, you know, I'm going to be writing more regularly for the growler. So please, yeah. please go there to check out my work. Um, I do some freelance work for go MN. You can go to go MN and, and check out my work. Um, but like I said, yeah, just Google me. I think um, since I left City Pages, some people think that I'm lost, but I'm not lost. Just type my name into the Googles. I did last night. <laughs> I did last night. I was like, type oh, my name into the Googles. everywhere. <laughs> All sorts of things will come up. Um, I am always up to something. So, and I and and I'm, I'm looking forward to the new year. Like I said, I'm I'm thinking of. Um, Kind of pushed in my own podcast a little bit Yay. harder and further um but yeah those are those are a few things oh my goodness yeah. thank you so much for being here thank uh, you so much yeah, man this has been a wonderful time great fun um you know i want to just we're not even really there yet we probably have about another 10 minutes but um is there any um social media that you'd like to share or um, maybe that's on another time where they have to go to your website or so forth you know i was telling someone yesterday and, and it's a little bit embarrassing but 
um, I'm a Facebooker. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm horrible with Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm horrible with Instagram. You know, I thought Facebook was enough when <laughs> Facebook came along. Now all of a sudden we have to keep up with three of these things. It's work. So I, I have a long history with Facebook, mm. and that's where my community is. And I think. Um, I have a, a smaller community of people, but they're engaged. Okay. And so, and many of the people I would actually consider my friends, oh, not my cool. followers, but my friends. And so, and it, it's actually, it's still a closed Facebook group, um, but friend me on Facebook and mm-hmm. I'll accept your friend uh, request. And I like Facebook a lot because I think that I have good conversations on there. And of course, that's what it should come down to, right, exactly. is good conversations. You know, I'm not interested. I actually, um, since leaving City Pages, I don't take as many photos of food anymore because I kind of think uh, some p- other people are doing that and they're doing it better than me. And Kimberly Curry is great at it. Mm. I mean, her pictures are stunning. Her pictures are the supermodels of the food <laughs> of world. The food, yes, I don't exactly. have the equipment or the, I don't you even know Campbell how she walking does across that. the plate. <laughs> Exactly. My photos are ugly by comparison. But what I like is um, conversations. Yes. And oftentimes when I'm starting a story, I'll start it out with a seed of an idea and I'll drop a question on Facebook and then people can get percolating about it. And if people aren't percolating about it, I think maybe this isn't a story. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to get more people who are really engaged in having those conversations on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So cool. Uh, I want to share also my um, social um, media information. If you'd like to, as I say in every show, you could always follow me on Facebook, The Unbougie Foodie. Uh, I am not at the level of food influencer as many others that don't have, minimize yourself. I'm not, but because I got, I think I got my own photo of myself. <laughs> hey, uh, but you know, on Instagram, it's the underscore unbougie foodie. Uh, Twitter. I'm not a ranter. I'm not a raver and craziness and everything like that. But, you know, I will share a point or two or maybe an article. So you could also find me there on Twitter, which is at um, Bougie Foodie. Uh, but why not just simply visit my website? <laughs> it's www.theunbougiefoodie.com where you could find out more information about places that I've gone to, um, definitely articles that I've written. Um, and don't you want to see the food? I think you want to see the food too. But anyway, well, Wesley, you're writing for Insight now, right? I am writing, and for I'm going to start writing for Insight again. Yes. Insight newspaper being the first writing job I ever had. Awesome. 20, see, twenty years I, ago. I, I gotta, I gotta. I'm not gonna. I'm bow down because this is my first one too. It's the very first That's one. That's amazing. Congratulations. So, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And believe me, the opportunity that they're giving me is is wonderful. I'm like, gosh, really. And it was just, I won't say by happenstance, because like you said, um, it was, I love that word, by the way, (laughs) fortuitous. Um, It really was, I think it was meant for um, me to meet um, Al McFarlane. Uh, I was at uh, an event at uh, uh, NPR, you know, just for training and so forth. And we had a conversation and just this whole thing came about and I was like what for real Uh, okay yes (laughs) you know and likewise I I feel it was fortuitous as you mentioned too for us to you know make a to have a conversation and and meet and so again I really want to thank you so much for being here I appreciate um, you just taking the time to have a conversation with us. Um, please make sure you all um, check out the article um, that uh, Mecca Boss wrote once again in the Growler Magazine um, on Why So White, uh, sp- speaking on the subject of um, 
black leadership uh, within the Twin Cities in the food and beverage uh, world, um, you'll find it very insightful. And you can also find out more information about, you know, the places that, you know, the individuals that she interviewed and spoke with. So uh, again, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, listen to us every week, every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on WEQY 104.7, the voice of the East Side. Once again, I am your host, Wesley Wright. Mecca, boss, thank you, thank you. so much for being here. Uh, until next time, people, as I end every show, I want to encourage you uh, never to let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be because really, it is all about the food. <laughs>